Hey everyone, welcome to Past Lives and the Divine. I'm Gina, the host of this podcast, and today I'm sharing a conversation with you that I had with astrologers Meredith from Earthling Astrology and Ashley from the Yoga Magic Podcast. As always, you can say hi to them, find their links in the show notes. And today our conversation is around cycles in astrology. So we're talking about cycles relevant to all the planets, including the sun and the moon, which are considered planets in astrology. And we're just going to go through. We go through each planet and just talk about the different cycles in it, whether it's a return or a retrograde. And then for each one, I have some questions. We also share some things from our personal lives, just reflecting back on these. And um, in particular, the Saturn return and how mine was really long. (laughs) But before we dig into that, I just want you a little reminder that Kinship, the membership that I host in 2023, we meet twice a month, January through December, all next year. It closes, registration for that membership closes today. So if you want to get in on that for 2023, you have to do it by the end of today. Otherwise, We will see you next year when the 2024 Kinship Membership opens. If you're listening in the future, long after it's closed, you can go to pastlivesandthedivine.com and click on Kinship if you want more information there. Okay, gather around the fire for my conversation with Meredith and Ashley about the cycles in astrology. back with Meredith and Ashley. And just in case this is someone's first time listening, of course, you can find their links in the show notes. And let's start with you, Meredith. Give us a little short bio. Sure. Uh, For those new to this pod, my name is Meredith McCowan. I own Earthling Astrology in the Twin Cities of Minnesota. I've been practicing professionally for almost six years. You can find my information at earthlingastrology.com. And I think it's been a year or two, maybe two years on, maybe three on this pod. I don't know how long we've been doing this. It feels like two years, two years. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I was just talking to Leverett and she was like, you're my astrology expert. And I was like, I don't know anything. And she's like, you've been taught by Meredith and Ashley. You do pick up a lot. You do pick up a lot. I'm impressed. (laughs) Ashley. Hello. Hi, friends. I'm Ashley Sondergaard. I am a cosmic self-care coach. I'm a longtime yoga teacher, and I'm the host of the podcast, Yoga Magic. I love chatting with you these two. It's my favorite. It's the highlight of my day. And outside of that work that I so much enjoy, I take care of three little little beings. And that's my that's my full-time job at the moment. <laughs> yes, that is plenty. <laughs> All right. So we are talking about cycles, synchronicity today. Meredith, kick us off. Yeah. So I put this workshop together and I taught it live a couple of weeks ago at a big event I did at the Palmer House in Minnesota, which I know Ashley is very familiar with. It's a famous haunted hotel, uh, just two hours away from the Twin Cities. And I called it Signs, Synchronicities and Cycles. And I'm going to give everybody listening just kind of a few tidbits from this big workshop that I put on. It was very well received and you might learn a few things um, about astrology cycles and how they might play out in your life. So a few things before I start talking, I'm going to talk a lot about what's called a return and I'm going to throw in some retrograde as I talk about astrology cycles. So I just want to do a few kind of TED talk definitions of what these mean. A return in astrology is when a planet 
returns to the spot in the sky the moment it, it was where it took your first breath. So for example, I'm going to start with the sun today and everybody knows when their birthday is, and you might have an astrologer call that your solar return. What that means is every year around your birthday, the sun returns to the spot in the zodiac where it was when you were born. The moon will do this every 27 to 29 days. The moon will return to the same spot in the zodiac where it was. And then the last thing, retrograde, if I talk about that, that means from our perspective on Earth, a planet is moving backwards from our perspective. The sun and the moon are the only planets, yes, they're planets in astrology, that do not move backwards, but every other planet in the zodiac, Mercury through Pluto, will look like they're moving backwards around the sun. We call that retrograde. That does not mean they're actually moving retrograde or backwards around the sun as, as most of people I think know. Any questions about the return or retrograde to kind of like understand what those two terms mean? Yes. Yeah, okay. So let's talk about the sun. Um, the sun again will return around 24 hours of your actual birthday to the spot in the sky where it was when the moment you took your first breath. And if you go to an astrologer like myself or another one, they might pull what's called a solar return chart if you're going to do a forecasting session. What this is, it's different from your birth chart. That chart will never change. Your birth chart is the sky, every single planet, the sun and the moon and the stars frozen the moment you were born. The solar return chart is freezing the sky around your birthday or whenever your actual solar return is. And that gives me or another astrologer a picture of the next year of your life. I don't work, work with sun cycles too often unless in my sessions, a client will come to me. And I guess this happens every once in a while. They'll say, Hey, I get really depressed every February. What is that about? Or I get really, really stressed out every September. When a client brings up something like, Oh, once a year, I seem to always get depressed or I always seem to get anxious. Then I will look at the sun. So for example, um, a client might say, I get kind of uh, not feeling so great in February. So I'll look at where Aquarius falls in their chart. Cause I know during February it's Aquarius season, but in that client's birth chart, they might have Aquarius in their eighth house, which is shadow work territory. So every February, the sun for this particular client might be going through the eighth house, or once a year, you might have family drama being kicked up. Then I'll look at your chart and the sun might be going through your fourth house, which is home and family once a year. So do you guys have anything you notice like once a year, I get a lot of like Virgo season comments like, oh, every Virgo season kids back to school. My stress is like a nine out of 10. I don't know if Ashley, you feel that during Virgo season with back to school, but often I get Virgo season is like more stressful for people. And then like winter or eighth house um, transits might be more depression once a year depression. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Remember I was, <laughs> we were chat laughing about sad girl autumn Scorpio season. And like, I think that's literally, I mean, so many people it's, you just sort of feel like that, that seasonal depression sort of settle in at that time. Mm. And obviously that's anecdotal. Like I'm not, um, studying this, but it's fun to talk to friends and to be able to be like, Oh yeah, I'm feeling that too. <laughs> if we're yeah. all going through it. 
So that's about the only time I'll use like a once a year transit, unless I do work with forecasting, which I do quite a bit of forecasting for clients. I'll look at the birth chart and I'll also look at the solar return chart. And if you're learning astrology, I highly recommend going back in time for, you know, a year of your life when you had like a crazy event happen and pull that solar return chart for yourself that year of your birthday. So you can go back in time. And that's how I actually got better at forecasting, which was going back in time and looking at past transit and past solar return charts to get better at predicting what could happen in the future. So any questions about the sun? Again, an obvious kind of one year cycle in our lives. Oh, I love that idea. I just want to pull at that idea of like reflecting back on it. That's one of the things that I want to do just like in my own personal practice in 2023 is just do a better job of like, yeah, how are these things showing up in my life? Mm -hmm. Um, and actually doing a little bit better job, like for kinship this year, I did that for 2022. It's like a look back on it with the, um, forecast that you did with me, Meredith, a year ago. And that I think is so interesting to be able to do that because a lot of times, uh, the way I think these things are going to manifest, like they don't. Right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. Meredith, you've had me look at a very specific like minute or like couple of minutes of when mm-hmm. the sun returns. And I love that practice. And I've started, I've used it every year since we did it together several years ago. What is that? That's like a, it's just the exact point degree when the sun returns and what can like, I like to manifest during that time. Like, what do you think other people can do with that? Yeah, I call it the magic minute. So, I mean, there is a magic minute the moment you took your first breath, right? That's the minute you were born. And the sun will spend its time in that degree in that minute of the zodiac for one minute a year. And I always tell people, this is the sun, your life force itself. This is your light. How do you want to recharge your light? What do you want to do with your light? How do you want to manifest your light? Mm -hmm. So that's why I'll direct a client to that minute. uh, The sun returns. And sometimes it's at three in the morning. Sometimes it's at four in the morning. People actually play with this. Um, They might travel on their birthday to be in a different location on earth because that will actually change your solar return chart. You can use the natal uh, place of birth. I obviously use the natal most often because I don't know where people are going to be on their birthday. But for example, Gina, you living in Arizona now is a much different longitude and latitude latitude than the place you were born. So I would actually pull two charts, one for the place you were born and one for the place you're going to be on your birthday that year. And you can actually play around and change the location of the sun in a certain house. So if you want to, you know, have a year to focus on your career, you might play around and make sure the sun's going to be in your 10th house for your solar return versus if you want a year to focus on relationships and send more light to your partner or enhance your partnership, you want to play around with your solar return to put your sun in the seventh house. I don't go that crazy with astrology. I just kind of let things happen organically, but people do do this. You know, they will go and map out different locations and make sure they're in a different location on their birthday to use the solar return chart um, how they want to. And I think, Mm -hmm. Ashley, you said something before we logged in about what you put out. What did you say? What you put out comes back to you. Mm -hmm. Um, And I always say that with astrology, too. um, It's free will, free choice, how we use these energies. We can express them positively or negatively. And this is kind of a fine line we all walk on the planet. But you can use, again, that solar return chart for the highest good if you focus on where you want that sun to be on your birthday and use it, that energy for the next year of your life. 
Can I share a story about the first time that I did that, Meredith? It's literally just coming to me as we're talking. So yes. <laughs> you, for whatever reason, I tend to book these like sessions and we don't get to work together anymore because we're, we're good friends and it doesn't work yeah, as well. Off. But like <laughs> that first session happened to be like a couple of days before my birthday. And you're like, okay, here's your magic minute. And I'm like, awesome. This was, this was 2020, I believe. Mm. And so I'm like, I'm going to manifest it. I like went outside and I did all, you know, I had my like little setup was feeling great. And I kept getting this message in that moment. That was, we will be with you through as you overcome this mountain, that's what I kept getting mountain, mountain, like this is going to be year of the mountain. And I'm thinking like, sweet, I'm going to have all these challenges like for work and my personal growth. And in the end, it was, it was very much, um, it was loss. It was loss of our, our twins, our dogs, just like all these things that year. And it was so apparent that I had spiritual help. And that was the message at that minute. We will be with you through the mountain. It was fourth house, right? My son's in the fourth. So I'm like, and this, it couldn't be any more perfect sun sign. So your mountain message was actually sounded like it had to do with cancer themes. Right. Right. Wow. Mm-hmm. You've never told me that. I That's... know. I literally just thought of it as I knew that that happened, but we've never talked about it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I would call that a download if you would. Oh, too, for or, sure. Yeah. Okay. That's amazing. So you actually worked with that minute that I gave you. I love to. Yeah. I usually, okay. I put it in my calendar, even if it's like in the middle of the night, usually it's not, but it's like in the morning, but it's perfect. Mm. Yeah. Oh it's usually God. within about 24 hours of your actual birthday on either mm-hmm. side a day before a day after. Cool. Wow. I, okay. My mind wow. is blown already. Thank you for sharing that. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, that was so good. <laughs> All right. Shall we move on to the moon? Um, the moon takes 27.3 days to orbit the earth, which is called the sidereal cycle. And it takes 29.5 days between new moons, which is called the synodic cycle. So between 27 and 29 and a half days, the moon will complete a cycle. You get 13 lunar birthdays a year. And of course we all know lunar cycles, women's uh, cycles are linked to the moon. Uh, everyone has a story about the full moon, <laughs> whether it's more babies being born, hospitals going crazy or car mechanics telling me that my car will take longer to fix because they're busy because it's a full moon. Uh, again, I don't work with the moon too much on a monthly basis, but you can also pull a chart for the next 29 ish days of your life by freezing the moon once a month where it was when you were born. I don't often work with this unless it's a special request by a client, but if you want a picture of the next month of your life, month, you can freeze the lunar return, which again will happen 13, approximately 13 times a year for you. So again, won't spend too much time on the moon, but any questions about, or what you guys have noticed about full moons, new moons, or anything on a monthly cycle? Nothing. I don't Nothing. know. It doesn't seem to affect me. Like I have this drive to want to get into it, but it's too quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get it. Do you Ashley? Do you I do should. I'm, I'm, you know, cancer. So I'm very connected to the moon, but I have lots of practices that I love to suggest to people that do feel lined up with the moon, obviously like those different cycles for themselves. Um, but I don't feel like you said, it's so it's too frequent. I don't necessarily like track it as much as I could. Yeah. What I will say is last year and earlier this year, I was better about my new moon intentions and like writing them down in my journal and I would forget about them. And I would go back a couple months later and I swear to God, they all manifested. And it's just like, you write them down, you put the intention out and I would kind of like delete it from my brain, go on with my life. And then I flip back my pages and I'm like, holy shit. (laughs) 
<laughs> that intention yes. did manifest. Yeah. So yep. I'm a little out of practice right now. I'm a little, I don't know why I've fallen off the wagon with moon intentional work. We've got a new moon in two days. So again, try just writing things down. You want to manifest in your life and then just put it out there to the universe, walk away from it. And then like me, maybe you'll forget, flip back through pages and be like, oh my God, <laughs> that happened. And it's almost better that I forgot about it. So I'm not stewing or obsessing about, you know, when something's going to show up that I'm trying to manifest. That being said though, like the new moon being such a great time for intention setting, I think the full moon you know, we think of this release. Mm -hmm. I think of that as like the halfway point in that manifestation journey. If you're manifesting for like a 28 day cycle, that halfway point to be like, okay, what's getting in the way I'm going to purge what's getting <sighs> in the way. And that true release in the halfway point, right? Like that fullest, you're at the highest energy point of your manifestation. What is finally like getting in the way, get it out. And then you give yourself that final two weeks to complete the process you know, review, how did I do at that next new moon? And then start again. There is some like really amazing cadence to the moon. Yeah. Wow. I love the way you put that. Like the full moon being the halfway point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even my full moon kind of letting go ceremonies, I've written what I want to let go, whether it's negative thinking patterns or just getting out of my own way. And that's something I forgot about too. And I'd flip back and I'm like, oh, I'm not thinking like that anymore. It didn't, it did work kind of like be intentional about letting go something that's no longer serving you. That's mm -hmm. the full moon lore. Okay. Let's talk about Mercury quickly. So Mercury spins very slowly, uh, but moves fast. He is the trickster. He takes only 88 days to go around the sun. So if you are an eight person or see eights, maybe you're linked to Mercury in your birth chart. Um, one day on Mercury is 59 earth days. That's how slowly he spins. So a day is 59 days and a year is 88 days. So if you can kind of like wrap your head around that, I'll have some more stats about Venus because it's kind of wild. Um, Mercury goes retrograde um, at about three or four times a year. So I don't know the stats off the top of my head, but I want to guess one out of 12 or one out of 15 people approximately are born with Mercury retrograde in their chart. And I've actually tied Mercury, the planet of communication to the throat chakra. And I asked my clients that are born during Mercury retrograde, if they've had a physical manifestation of this throat chakra jam uh, that I can see in their birth chart and 9.5 out of 10 times, I get a yes. Either there was like a delay in speech, a speech as a child or a speech impediment, or they could speak, but they chose not to. Or the most common report I get is just a ton of strep throat and like ear stuff and throat problems as a young child. So if you, if this is resonating with you, check your chart to see if you were born with Mercury retrograde or have an astrologer check for you or to see any planets and aspect to Mercury. So that's another weird thing that I've kind of found in my practice. And Gina, I do relate it to past life trauma because as you know, people can come into the body carrying energetic signatures from past lifetimes. And mm -hmm. I look at Mercury specifically for the throat chakra. A lot of people burn at the stake, head chopped off, uh, hung publicly, uh, come in during a Mercury Mercury retrograde cycles. I'm talking about Mercury. I'm slipping on my words um, <laughs> to clear that in this incarnation. So any questions about Mercury? I don't really use the 88 day cycle, but I use Mercury retrograde the most in my chart readings. I don't think either of you were born with it. Is that right? Do you guys know? No, I think mine was like at a standstill. It was like either a stationary. About, yep. You're right. About to go back or forward. Mm-hmm. 
That is significant too. So I forget Gina, if it was about to go backwards or forwards, I probably told you in a different session. I think it was about to go forward. Maybe. Okay. So a stationary planet can happen too. That means from our perspective on earth that the planet looks like it's stopped in the sky. So Gina, I think I've maybe told you this maybe either on this pod or offline. This makes you a fantastic past life hypnotist because <laughs> you, you can slow down. You can be patient with your words and the response to your words. Um, where someone like me, if I was doing past life regression, I'd be like, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Like you need so much patience. And that stationary (laughs) Mercury, I think just is perfect for someone in your profession. Oh, God damn. I feel that I've never, (laughs) I am never more present or patient than in those moments. And I'm like happy to do it, you know? And I will say that is the, that is way more rare than Mercury retrograde. So Mercury will go stationary, maybe six to eight times, six to eight days a year instead of, Mm. um, Mercury being retrograde a couple months during the year. Okay. So Gina, you've got a, yeah, very rare thing in your chart. Yeah. You mentioned that it was rare. So maybe it was that it was like the stationary. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you ready for Venus and Venus is an amazing, complex, complicated cycle and planet. There are astrologers out there that focus solely on Venus. She is just a beautiful pattern, beautiful symbolism. And it's wild. The pattern in the sky that she makes from our perspective on earth, she makes a perfect pentagram in the sky. If you could draw her kind of path, it would make a pentagram and it's completed every eight years. It's a beautiful thing. So if you just Google this, let's look at the, the shape that Venus draws in the sky from our perspective on earth. So her orbit is around the sun, 225 days, but her, um, day is 243 earth days. So that means her year is faster than her day. I hope that makes sense. Like she goes around the sun faster than she spins on her axis. And I had this really weird thing. I share this with my group that I, where I taught this live, I had this meditation. I don't know if you guys do meditations and you get random information that you don't really ask for in your meditation. Okay. Well, I get a lot of astrology information that I don't really ask for in my dreams and in my meditation. I was meditating once and this really quirky, funny, I must have a very quirky guide that sends me this information. Is like Venus takes so slow to orbit on her axis or spin around on her axis because the sun needs to know how beautiful she is. So as she's going around the sun, just like one side of her. So like the sun can kind of like soak up every inch of Venus's beauty. And that's what I got in meditation one day. And I was like, I'm just going to say this out loud. I don't that know. Is I like, this is so weird, quirky information, but yeah, that's Venus. Um, so every eight years she makes this pattern and she goes retrograde rarely around every 18 months. And she's always retrograde for 40 days and 40 nights, which is a a length of time that is in the Bible quite often, 40 days and 40 nights. So perhaps Bible verses and Bible stories are linked to Venus or, um, you know, the star in the sky we see as Venus. And if you were born with Venus retrograde, I want to say this is super rare. Um, it's not once a year, it's once every 18 months for 40 days. So I don't know the stats. I can't crunch those numbers in my head, but I see people with Venus retrograde, maybe coming in with walls around their heart chakra. If Venus is the planet of love, harmony, beauty, unconditional love, a lot of people come in with walls already around their heart and maybe their life journey again, linked to past lifetimes is about, you know, they came in 
with betrayal signatures or someone they love didn't treat them very nicely. And it's harder for people born with Venus retrograde to receive love in this lifetime. So that is their mountain to climb in this incarnation. So again, I don't use the 225 day Venus cycle very often, but I will look at the retrograde, especially in a birth chart since it's so rare. Any questions about this gal? So I guess for all of these, if you were looking at your own chart in response to like the returns in the retrograde, well, I guess to the return, if it was your Venus return, does anyone ever pay attention to that or what? You could, I don't. Um, and that is a very good question, Gina. Maybe some people do, or some astrologers do when they, they link it to relationship cycles or, you know, um, maybe if you break up with someone, you're not quite ready to jump into another relationship until Venus returns, uh, to the spot she was in the sky. A lot of good, you know, you're making my science brain kind of go crazy with these questions. And like, that would be something to study, um, your Venus return and what it could mean. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. All right. Ready for Mars. Um, Mars is an easy one because he's almost always about a two year cycle and Mars is the God of war. You know, he always wants to punch people in faces, um, but he's got a lot of positive attributes as well. And I think Ashley might have the most stories about Mars today because Mars is associated with what is called the terrible twos. So at a two-year-old's around second birthday, Mars is going to return to the spot in the sky where that two-year-old, uh, where they were and they were born. And what is a two-year-old's favorite word? Mine, <laughs> me, Mars is a me planet. They kind of come into themselves. They realize, you know, it's harder to share than they thought it was going to be. So depending where Mars was at your birth or your child's birth, they're going to act or behave a little bit differently during their terrible twos. And not all kids get the terrible twos. I've heard the terrible threes, you know, that could be linked to a Mars retrograde cycle and maybe it's delayed in some kids. Um, but it is a phrase, I would say terrible twos that most people have heard of. And I would say to anyone listening, think about jobs you've had for two years or relationship cycles you've had for two years. Uh, If Mars is prominent in your birth chart, I would advise you to wait two years before you make any long-term commitment or marriage commitment to a partner, perhaps. Um, And an astrologer will let you know if Mars is prominent in your chart. So um, I will say currently Mars is retrograde in the sign of Gemini. Mars is going to be in Gemini right now for seven months. Mars has not been in Gemini for seven months since World War II. So what is going on as we speak, November 21st, 2022 today um, is a rare Mars retrograde cycle and a rare amount of time for Mars to be in one sign. He will be retrograde in Gemini until January 12th, 2023. So quite some time. I'll stop talking for a second. And Ashley, do you have any terrible two stories, whether it's about your kids or anyone that you've helped throughout the years doing this Mars work? Hmm. I mean, <laughs> it's None. funny because I, I definitely do. There's like more, it's it, like you talk about these like subsets or like two, four, six, like they mm-hmm. seem to punch a little bit. And I'm again, speaking anecdotally with what I see in my own children and like working with other families a lot is that like all of a sudden it's like, why why is my six-year-old acting like this, you know, mm-hmm. at a certain time? And whenever I look at their charts, 
And if you aren't already somebody who has your kids charts pulled up, I just feel so much relief to be like, oh, okay, this is a Mars transit. She's having this, this moment happening, whatever it is. Um, So working with that in, in a retrospective way, I don't think it's helpful to look in advance, like, oh no, they're going to, there's going to be a Mars return for, you know, my, my kiddo is helpful because then that might not be the case, but just like knowing that, oh, it, it helps to look back and see like they were going through a really hard time. I wonder what's happening in their chart. Perhaps it's, you know, Mars related at that time, especially in these, like <laughs> these like two year increments mm-hmm. is just so freeing. Yeah. And Mars is really pure energy and pure fuel. So, you know, two-year-olds can run around like crazy people and then pass out. Or you might know as an adult, I don't know why my clients will ask me like, why do I have so much energy right now? I just like, I'm go, go, go. I'm working out like crazy. I'm not sleeping that well. And I'm like, well, Mars is returning right now on your chart. So you've got extra fuel. You've got extra ambition. You've got extra energy. And it depends on where Mars was at your birth, the sign and the house placement, but you can work with Mars returns. You don't have to fear them. You you can know that, oh, I might be a little extra irritable. You know, this mm-hmm. out of war is coming for me, but I'm going to have extra energy. I'm going to have extra passion. So is there something you want to implement like a new workout routine or you want to give up alcohol or you want extra energy to put towards something work with Mars in that way. And then think back in your own life to your relationships, to your jobs. Uh, You lived somewhere for two years. That is a Mars cycle playing out in your life. How would you work with Mars retrograde since we're in it right now? And I definitely have some thoughts. I'm just, I'm experiencing very low motivation at the moment. Um, And that's sort of what I expected. But like, what are you guys doing right now to overcome Mars retrograde? Oh God, I love this question. You go first, Meredith. (laughs) I honestly have been on the couch a lot. Same. um, And not, you know, and and Gemini is a, a narrative sign, a communicative sign. So I'm sitting on the couch and I'm not beating myself up for it. Mm. I am like, I deserve this rest. So Mars going retrograde, right? Like right now, energy is supposed to kind of pull back, go inside, um, you know, change your own narrative of what, you know, you're telling yourself. And this is a time for rest and reflection. Um, and again, the narrative you're telling yourself, the narrative, um, other you're telling other people, this is all about resting and not beating yourself up for it. So glad to hear I'm not the only one sitting on the couch more. <laughs> um, it's like, I can do it longer. I, I just like, I need this extra rest because we're as a society, go, 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 go. And the retrograde, especially Mars, pure fuel, you might actually be sleeping a little bit better. I am, I haven't slept very well this year until the Mars retrograde cycle. So I'm finally getting my eight hours of sleep where all year I've gotten like five. Um, it's been hard to sleep for me. Wow, Meredith, that the sleep thing that you just said, Mm -hmm. um, as I reflect on it right now, like just thinking about it, it's like, yes, 100%. Um, I, I guess the way I would describe it is like something that I've just been working really hard at in general for probably, I don't know, better part of 10 years is just like, how do I feel? What do I need? How do I feel? What do I need? How do I feel? What do I need? Mm. And so in this case too, the last few days, um, I had a migraine the last couple of days. So I was like, you know, slothing around, but I would love any insight. Cause to be honest, like I try not to get like, Oh, chicken little and like scared of the sky falling when it comes to astrology. But I do feel a little like a little bloody pulp (laughs) after all my changes over the last two years. 
And so with this Mars retrograde in my eighth house, I'm just like, what? Like, is, are my fucking finances going to crash to the ground too? Like what? No, (laughs) you can't predict. But you're like, not in the anyways. eighth, just a little transformation or like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Eighth house is not your money. It's shared money. So mm-hmm. that could be like 401ks and stuff, right? Money you oh. share with other people. But yeah, this is kind of Gina, I would say for you, your regrouping and recalibration um, after all of your transformation in the last couple of years and Mars being motivation and willpower. I keep telling my clients, like, are you taking actions because you want to take them? Or are you doing them out of duty and obligation, mm-hmm. which is not a Mars? I mean, Mars can do that, but it's like, is this coming from you inside of you? And for you, Gina, if this is in your eighth house, like this is your come to Jesus with yourself. Like, am I doing this because this is coming from inside of me? This is my inner spark speaking to me. Or is this the voices I've been hearing from other people or in my head my whole life coming from an external source? So for you, Gina, you've had a ton of changes. Like you said, you just feel kind of beat up. This is your recoup and recalibration, um, and you should be ready to hit the gas and be recharged and rebooted by January when Mars turns back around. Yeah. Hearing you say that kind of also brings up in my head, this idea of like, um, the retrogrades as like a review. Totally. I do feel that like when you say it's a regrouping, I totally feel that way. Cause like, I'm you know, Alex owns this house. I'm technically renting in this house. And I really do feel like this winter is like my time to figure out like, okay, I'm going to buy some land. And what does that look like? And just kind of like the next phase, I guess, of these changes. Um, so yeah. Okay. That I knew I'd bring it and I'd feel better. Thanks. A lot of conversations <laughs> with yourself. <laughs> so this Gemini is the twins. <laughs> like uh, my husband's a Gemini. He can work through things without any other person. Like I need to talk things to death with another person and bounce mm-hmm. ideas off someone else. My husband as a Gemini and was born with Mars and Gemini can just talk things out with himself, the other voices in his head. But for someone like you, Gina, I think like you might, you know, a lot of reflection, a lot of journaling or a trusted person that you can talk about eighth house matters with. So a lot of conversation with yourself before you kind of move forward in January. Yeah. Thank you. Love that. For listeners that are like feeling this motivation slug, I do think that there, there is motivation out there right now. Like we're, you know, we have to do the things, Mm -hmm. but it might not be in the place that you are used to. That's what I'm noticing. And with clients and just like talking with other people, it's like, there's motivation, like perhaps motivation to sit on the couch, but like it's there, it's just not on the normal path. And there's, since it's in Gemini, I think there's a lot to learn from that a lot to learn, like what's coming in, what am I actually motivated for right now? Motivated to do on a day-to-day basis. And like, how can that shape what my next year is? And I think it's kind of perfect that it comes out of retrograde in like mid January. So if, you know, listeners are simply like to set intentions for the year, I would not necessarily put them into action until after the retrograde is done starting like January 12th. Like if you're a new year's resolution girly or boy, whatever, like maybe start on the 12th. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, you should feel a surge feels... in January. Yeah. Yeah. If you have any ideas, which is Gemini territory that you've been like, okay, which idea am I serious about implementing? Think on that and discard it. If it's not you figure out in the next couple of months, if you want to hit the gas by January, Yeah, I will also say with Mars retrograde, I like it because it gives all of us an extra opportunity to respond to triggers instead of react. 
Mars is very reactive and Gemini with words. So we can all get triggered. People or situations get under our skin and the retrograde is like, Gemini breath. Okay. Do I want to just respond or like react with claws come out? This is what I've been doing my whole life, but it helps us kind of take a step back, reflect and rethink things and respond calmly or differently than our triggers kind of that are mm. ingrained on us, if that makes sense. So this is a time to work on response to people or situations or non-response. Um, that is also a response uh, with Mars. Retrograde yeah. And Gemini. Yeah. I like the way you put that. All right. Um, on to Jupiter, unless there's any questions about fiery Mars. Okay. So Jupiter is a 12 year cycle and I actually have tons of clients that have noticed 12 year cycles in their life, whether like I've been at my job for 12 years, I'm getting bored. I've lived here for 12 years. It feels, I don't know why it feels like it's time to move. So think of anything in your life that lasted about 12 years. You can also slice that into four with everything in astrology. Like you can think North, South, East, West, things can be divided or the directions. Um, three, six, nine year cycles as well can be linked to Jupiter. Um, Jupiter is a planet of good luck and abundance. Um, Jupiter, when he hits your chart, he always is bringing things into your life for abundance or to course correct you. As I often say to my practice, when Jupiter comes into your chart, he's the biggest guy in the sky. So sometimes he blows shit up for you and it doesn't always feel good at the time that it's happening, but upon reflection or in hindsight, late in your life, you're like, Oh, that had to blow up because A, B, or C wouldn't have happened, or I wouldn't have realized this. Uh, and the story that I told the most is I met psychic uh, medium, Natalie Fowler, who I work with quite often because of Jupiter, but I spent five months being pissed off before I met Natalie. And then I realized I should have been looking at my own chart. Jupiter was on top of me trying to course correct me. Uh, and bring me into Natalie's life for our highest good. So think about a 12 year cycle, whether, whether it's even a marriage or a relationship that lasted 12 years. Uh, Jupiter is also currently retrograde. He is back in Pisces um, and he hasn't been there since spring of 2022. So if you're finding matters kind of coming up in your consciousness that you thought were done with that were going around in the spring, Jupiter is now going to retrograde back to Pisces until um, December 20th of 2022. He's going to be in Aries until May of 2023. So Aries out there, Jupiter's coming for you the first five and a half months of 2023. This is your Jupiter year. Expect good things. Practice gratitude. Put out positive vibes and Jupiter will make sure you're okay. And know if something blows up, Jupiter's trying to course correct you to get you on a better calling or a better path, something that is for, again, your highest good. Any questions about Jupiter? Any Jupiter cycles that you guys have noticed in your lives? It's harder of 12 years. Even yeah. 12 years, 12 grades, 12 grades, 12 disciples, 12 signs of the zodiac. Think about all the 12s. King of the gods is linked to all this, all these numbers. I just so when had you my... go ahead, yeah. Ashley. I just, I just had my Jupiter return this past year. And like, honestly, I was, I was hoping for some major life-changing situation and I didn't see it. <laughs> That's just for me. Did you try and manifest that or? Um, no? Yes. I'll be Meredith. Like, just... Oh, this is 12th house. Um, yeah. See? Well, well, he's not done with you yet. True. So you're, you're right. Until December 20th. 
little impatient Aries rising over here. <laughs> and I will say since the 12th house for you, Ashley, I, I think of that as non-physical reality. Um, mm -hmm. When we use that energy to manifest in the physical takes a little bit, it's not instantaneous. So know that you're working with very high spiritual energy, which is something that's almost difficult to work with as humans. Cause we don't know exactly what's for our highest good. Our ego thinks it knows. It's like, oh, I want this, or I want this, but the spiritual energy really, truly knows, and it will manifest something in the physical that if it's for your highest good. I yeah. Jupiter and Pisces in the 12th, man. There's, there's gotta be I just like an angelic magic right behind <laughs> yeah. me. Right. Magic. Okay. Thank you. I agree. I agree. I see it. <laughs> okay. So yes, Aries, you have the first five and a half months of 2023 to look forward to for your Jupiter year. And that's not a Jupiter return. That's just a uh, Jupiter influxing your sun sign. So again, look at Jupiter in your chart to figure out when your Jupiter return would be. And that would be every 12 years. And so every 12 years is a Jupiter return. So does that mean it's about a year in each sign? Correct. Or... Very okay, good. Okay. Uh, Jupiter is the Fucking easiest planet to, yeah, you are, you're nailing it. <laughs> um, 12 year cycle, 12 Zodiac signs. Jupiter does spend okay. about a year on average in each sign. He's retrograde for about half the year. So half the people, you know, were born with J Jupiter retrograde okay. or maybe 40%, something like that. It's a, the outer planets are retrograde way more often than the inner planets. All right, Saturn. And I know I talked on Ashley's podcast, Yoga Magic, a little bit about the Saturn return. We did dive into that on a recent show of yours, Ashley. Saturn is more um, difficult energy where Jupiter wants to throw you a party. He's abundance and wisdom. Saturn is all about the hard knock life lessons. Um, where Saturn is in your birth chart, that will be your mountain to climb in this lifetime. And the Saturn ages are 7, 14, 21, and around 28, 29. Age 28, 29, everybody on the planet will get their Saturn return at that age. But age 7 is interesting because this is a Saturn number, and this is the age where the meditative state in kids changes. They're not kind of like tripping all the time. I think we talked about this in another pod too. 14 ish is around puberty. 21 is like, Oh shit, I'm an adult. <laughs> like I need to make my own money. I need to figure out my life. And if you haven't figured it out at age 28, 29, the universe will throw you something to get you back on track. And I, people come in, my clients have heard about this out of return. They get so nervous about it but I always tell them it is nothing to fear. Talk to anyone over the age of 30. They've all been through it. Mine was not that bad. I think I bought a house, got promoted. I'm a Capricorn. So I'm friends with Saturn. And then, you know, my husband got arrested during a Saturn return because he was not on track. Um, so if you've got a good head on your shoulders, if you're taking, you know, responsibility for your life, Saturn return will be a breeze. Um, and if you have a baby, around your Saturn return age 28 or 29, that is called your Saturn return baby. And I usually have a lot of karma with this child. Saturn is also nicknamed the Lord of karma. So think oh seven, 14, um, 21 year cycles, usually seven, the seven year itch is what, um, people have associated with Saturn. I called off an engagement after seven years. And today actually is my seven year wedding anniversary with my husband. Um, Ooh, so oh. I have just made the first Saturn number, um, today. In my temperature marriage. check. Yeah, no, year seven was rough. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that seven year itch. That's a, that's a tough year. Um, and I hear that a lot with my clients. Like when you hit that seven year mark in yeah. relationship, it gets, it gets tough. Um, so I'm happy to make it. Today. I noticed that for mark sure. On the, with mark on the calendar. 
Yeah. I noticed that for me and Seval, like not necessarily in the marriage vein, but like just seven years together, it kind of started feeling like oh, a little heavier is evolving. Cha- the yeah. challenges are new too. It's like, you know, each other, but there's new challenges or there's yes. new structures. You know, you moved houses structure. That's the Saturn yep. word. Um, so yeah, think of that seven year itch in your life and how it's played out, whether it's relationships, residences, or a job. When you say Saturn return, like how long does that last? Like, what is that window? Ooh, great question. So some astrologers say when Saturn is in the sign, it was at your birth. That's your whole return is when Saturn's in that sign. I don't practice that way. I use a Saturn return being within a few degrees of Saturn at your birth. So your Saturn return might last just a month or two or three because Saturn's going to buzz by your chart. Unless you have a Saturn return during a Saturn Saturn retrograde, your Saturn return energy might last a whole year, maybe year and a half. It depends on if Saturn goes retrograde around age 28, 29, um, and what degree he was at your birth. So I would say to answer your question, Gina, between three months and one year is an average kind of Saturn return period. And I don't know why some souls sign up for longer Saturn returns. I don't know why. Um, but I've noticed that the stretched out ones, like the clients feel that <laughs> they're like, yeah. when is this over? When is, am I going to feel unstuck? When are things going to get moving? And I just say, you have a little bit longer of a Saturn return for some reason than other than the average bear. Okay. That makes Can sense. you see the date of my Saturn return? Yeah. If you guys talk about yourselves, I will pull that up uh, quickly. Yeah. Well, I, I often wonder just because in my late twenties, um, like I bought a house. I feel like that I, with my sister, my sister and I bought a house. I feel like that would have been before it, but I like started my first LLC in 09. Like I always had a side hustle, I guess, but that I like made it for real and paid taxes and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. You had a longer one, Gina. Shocker. Um, yeah, <laughs> <knew> it. <laughs> it was officially 2010 though. Um, and it wasn't done with you and oh my gosh. Um, 2010 was brutal, like brutal. And yeah. like the first half of 2011. <laughs> it was basically <laughs> how I all, remember it. all of 2010, Gina was your Saturn return. Um, give or take Ooh. a few months, but that, yeah, you, you had a Saturn retrograde for years. So it stretched out. I felt that when you said it, I was like, God, that was me. I know it (laughs) every 30, 29 years. So every, the second center return will be around 56, 57. So now you'll be ready, Gina. You're like, all right, I know what happened last time. I'm going to, I'm going to be ready. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. What went on during your center return, Ashley? I know we've talked about this, but you had a baby, didn't you? It was your first Mm -hmm. baby. Yeah. Lil. Yeah. No. So we, for my sudden return journey, it was like, I had been on the path of probably similar to yours, Meredith. And that like, I was going to go to, uh, I was going to go to law school. I wanted oh, me to, too. You know, I was like, I'm going to do this. And I was studying from the outside. And I like, I, I had no business doing any of that. Like I was not really going to follow through, but I think I felt like I, that was what was the next step, right? Like continue on this, this career path. And And when I finally got really like serious about it, I was like, I don't want to do this. What am I doing? I want to do something fun. I want to teach yoga. I want to have kids and I want to do it now. (laughs) So I I quit my job 
And I started teaching yoga and I got pregnant and it was, I was really grateful because at that point, up until that point, I was like telling myself something so much different as a Capricorn moon, right? It was so career oriented. And my cancer son was like, no girl, you have a different plan. So I got to course correct in advance, but I, I had a Saturn return baby and it was very much um, in alignment with where I was headed in the future. So it wasn't wow. terrible. It just was like course correction. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll probably, the odds are pretty good for you to have a second Saturn return grandbaby. I will say oh, if you cute. have a baby around your Saturn return, your second Saturn return is kind of things coming full circle, which is usually grandchildren. Oh, I so. love that. Oh, you know, the clients that I see the most, you know, that are, that are working through spirituality really for the first time, a lot of people that I work with are brand new to this and they want to put astrology into practice via self-care, spiritual practice, you know, rituals and things like that. So the, the most common signs I see are cancer and Libra and the ages are those two Saturn returns. Mm -hmm. It's that first and the second. And uh, very often it's the second and it's people, you know, that are empty nesters. Maybe they're starting to prepare, prepare for um, grandkids or things like that, but they're just like, but like now, who am I, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It's a restructure of how you want to show up in the world mm-hmm. and what you want to do, what you want to accomplish. Um, Identity a, shift. Yeah. Goal oriented planet. Mm-hmm. Um, so Saturn is currently in Aquarius, um, until March 7th, 2023. And then Saturn will be dipping into Pisces for the first time in 28, 29 years. So a big shift coming up for all of us in 2023 with Saturn changing signs. Wow. Um, next up is Chiron. I do want to add Chiron to the mix because the Chiron return is when I get most of my clients. Chiron is between Saturn and Uranus. He is a 50 year cycle. So if you're between the ages of 49 and 52, uh, Chiron is coming for you if he's not on top of you already. And if you are that age, you were likely born with Chiron in the sign of Aries. Um, he might show up at, in your mid twenties around age 25. A lot of old wounds might show up. Uh, Chiron is the wounded healer and 50 is that, you know, midlife crisis age. One of them, uh, where a lot of people are taken a deep dive in my practice into their healing journey, especially if you're born with Chiron and Aries, because this is the sign of the self. And I do a lot of past life work, Gina, for you with Chiron. This is our karmic wound that we have carried in from past lifetimes that need to heal, um, or at least attempt to heal in this incarnation. So if you're feeling this around age 50, know that Chiron has now returned to the part of your chart where he was when you were born. And this is your invitation to a deep dive into your healing work. Um, if you ignore your healing work, your body might start to scream at you or, you know, something might show up. The universe is always trying to course correct us and get us to focus on the things that is for our highest good. So no, um, Chiron shows up a lot in my practice and he's a 25 and really more importantly, 50 year cycle in astrology. You must get a few Chiron returns, Ashley. I'm sure you get a handful. And I bet Gina, you do too, because age 50 is maybe when people are like, oh, I've tried everything. I want to try a past life hypnosis now to see if I can get some answers. Yeah. What's really interesting is just thinking about like the themes and the clients who come through um, as part of my intake form. I don't take like the age or anything like that, Mm. but um, 
it's interesting to see that, like just in my own life, like as I cross these milestones and then to be able to be like, oh yeah, um, all of it, like the Uranus transit, the, like, I feel like we've talked about a, quite a few of them that, um, that I see just in clients coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. And Chiron will be in Aries until 2027. Anything you want to throw in Ashley? Otherwise I'll move on to Uranus. Okay. So Uranus is an 84 year cycle. I've actually had uh, the honor to read for a handful of clients that have had their Uranus return. And this is not happening until 84. Uh, The halfway point is called the half return at around age 41 to 43. So age 42, this is the Uranus energy for you too. another age associated with a quote unquote midlife crisis. So the early 40s and age 50, this is Uranus or Chiron, depending on your own personal soul's evolution, which planet is going to kind of wake you up more. Um, Uranus is the awakener. And we all know when you go, well, most of us know if you go through a spiritual awakening, it's not always comfortable. You know, it's not always love and light and unicorns. A lot of it is crying until there's snot running down your face and like fetal position in the bed. So know that if you're going through these things, whether you're in the sparkle unicorn phase or the crying in your bed with Kleenexes, where we've, the three of us have been there too. Okay. And especially around the age of early forties, Uranus is going to come and awaken you if you are asleep to some of your gifts, if you are asleep to your life path, if you're on autopilot, when we wake up in the morning, it's not always comfortable. So again, this is not always comfortable energy. And right now Uranus is in the sign of Taurus, the sign of comfort. So this is another hit that hasn't been on the globe since World War II, since it's an 84 year cycle. He's going to be in Taurus until April of 2026. So if you're in your early forties, I'm 42, about to be 43, and I'm not yet in my Uranus half return. So it's any time between the ages of 41 and 43, but the average age is 42. So ask an astrologer to take a look at your chart. If you're feeling kind of like electric or a little antsy or a little uncomfortable, or it's like you have an itch and you don't know where to scratch. This is Uranus energy coming for you again, to awaken you if you need it. Any questions about this guy? It's one of my favorite planets in astrology. I'm 42. Like I just turned 42. Um, do you know like the exact hit? I will shortly. Give me a second. Um, you're not quite there yet, Gina, like me. Oh. I think our generation's a little bit um, delayed <laughs> oh, due to Uranus's orbit. 2024, oh Gina, you've got till 2024. So yeah, you got another year. I'm before. sure it'll get easier. I'm excited for your Uranus half return because this has to do with your gifts, um, your wisdom and how you present yourself and how you speak. Um, a lot of relationship themes too, for you, Gina. So we'll talk more about this offline, but yeah, 2024 is your official Uranus half return for you. Well, and just what you're saying about your gifts and stuff is what I've really been noticing. Just the, just the upheaval, the changes, that have happened just for me in the last year, two years. Um, I would say my gifts are the healing salve that has like gotten me through it. Like changing my curiosity to that, which is feels better than like, how else is this going to crumble? And just to be like, wow, I don't think I would have accessed or relied on or trusted uh, facets of my intuition without going through what I've been through. Mm, so like, it's almost like the gifts are the way through it. 
is where I'm at right now with it. Yeah. And I like that because Natalie, who I work with actually awoken to the fact that she was a psychic and a medium during her half return. Um, and also a key word for Uranus is authenticity. So, you know, using your gifts authentically, if like you're, you're not showing up authentically, Uranus is going to make you super uncomfortable. So if you're an authentic person, if you feel like really you're living with that authentic voice, your Uranus half return is again, just high five. (laughs) You're, you're great. I don't need to throw you some awakening thing. You're just going to kind of awaken even more to it perhaps. But I like what you just said there about, I needed to go through this to, in order to kind of trust my intuition and use my gifts authentically yeah, uh, and not how I think I should, because of how I read in a book Mm -hmm. or someone told me that kind of thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's true of all of these returns, right? Like if you think about it at their core, they're bringing you back to your birth chart, to yourself, to that authentic version of who you are. And it's like, we do need those course corrections and, you know, God bless that that's even there. But if you are on the path, these aren't, these are going to be pretty easy. I really believe Mm -hmm. that. All right. Any questions? Otherwise I got two more and maybe a third, uh, to kind of wrap up the astrology cycles. And the next planet is Neptune. Um, he's 165 year cycle. So at the time of this recording, uh, no one in our current reality will live to 165, but perhaps we did back in, back in the day. Um, so again, the halfway point is going to be the early eighties for a Neptune half return, but you will feel the first, what's called square. Again, you can divide every cycle into four in your early forties. And Neptune is all about spirit, divinity, connecting to your intuition, the divine trusting in a higher power. Um, Neptune is the symbol for high spirituality and the low vibration is also spirits and escapism. So it's up to you, free will, free choice. How are you using your Neptune? Are you going towards spirit and your divinity, the divine spark inside you, or are you numbing things with alcohol or spirits? Um, I've seen a lot of Neptune in alcoholic families and also very psychic families. It depends on how you use this planet. So the only thing we're really going to notice in our early forties and mid eighties, Neptune will influx our chart, but know that if you're a Pisces, Neptune has been in Pisces since 2011, he's going to be there till 2025. And this is his home sign. So every Pisces and the opposite son of Virgo has been feeling the influx of Neptune, depending on where the sun was at your birth since 2011. And this is a spiritual upgrade territory in my work. So again, Gina, you've talked about trusting your intuition. That's Neptune's involved in that too, kind of coming into your spiritual gifts and using them for benevolent Mm. purposes. Yeah. And last one, Pluto's 248 years. So uh, again, we won't live that long, um, but the United States is about 248 years old right now. So the United States is currently experiencing its Pluto return. Um, if you hear this online or anyone listening is like, I keep hearing about the Pluto return. That's because Pluto has now returned to the spot in the sky, uh, where it was when the declaration of independence was signed. So I think there's enough evidence that this is impacting the country. And I think we've <laughs> talked about it a little bit. And I just want to reemphasize, this is nothing to fear. Uh, Pluto will throw you a lot of fear, but know that everything is happening for the greatest and highest good. And we all know, and everyone listening know that things need to change in some capacity. So Pluto is going to bring in the power to make changes uh, and he'll be actually in Capricorn until 2024. 
Uh, he's been there since 2008, but Capricorns, listen up. Pluto's going to dip out of your sign in 2023. So Capricorns, I know you've been through the gauntlet since 2008. All of you gave yourself a pat on the back. You're about done. Um, so again, he's been in Capricorn since 2008. Aquarius, you're up next. And I think Pluto moving into Aquarius in 2023 is going to be another catapult or another launch for the collective to move into the age of Aquarius. So again, I'm nothing but excited. Um, but with returns, we can talk about country returns, uh, not just individual chart returns. That shift for 2023, like that to me is the name of the game. Like that's oh, yeah. a big change for 2023. I'm excited. Say more about that. Yeah. From, <laughs> well, I just, I mean, like with all the astrology over the last several years, like I think we were, we were in this, this state of fear. And to me, that shift is, there feels like solutions, Shifting mm -hmm. into Aquarius to me feels like, hey, you know, it's been a wild couple of years. We got some yeah. shit we've been dealing with. Like, here are some solves that maybe you didn't think of. And we're going to we're going to start putting our minds together over the next, you know, how many years that it's in this sign? A lot it's, of years. I'm nothing but excited. I've yeah. seen love and unity and compassion all over the planet. I'm just again, I've had a front row seat to this. And Pluto is power as well, not just transformation, but power. So anyone listening or even you ladies, and I'm talking to myself as well, notice when you feel disempowered, is it your own thoughts disempowering you? Is it a person or a situation and make sure you're heading towards things where you feel empowered and you're feeling, or you're hanging out with people that empower you. You know, it's almost tricky to, you know, the gaslighting can sneak up on you or just kind of like the doubts and all that kind of stuff. So Pluto's teaching us a lot about empowering ourselves to make, you know, better decisions, healthier lifestyles coming together as teams. So think of that power aspect as Pluto and take your power back. You know, if a past memory or a past trauma keeps kind of sucking things out of you, call it back. That's one of the practices that I'm doing right now is calling back my power. Um, even places that I've lost my power unconsciously that I didn't realize that I gave it away. I'm also in practice right now of calling in power and gifts from past lifetimes. So that's mm -hmm. another way to use Pluto is empowering yourself and not let, letting yourself feel disempowered. Empowerment, trust, loving yourself, getting to know yourself is like at the root of many past life regression yeah. intention statements. But this piece that comes up from spirit guides over and over and over, no matter what the intention is, it seems like a really hot topic for people right now is this push to trust themselves. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's like, you don't trust yourself because you don't know yourself, then get to know yourself. Or maybe you don't trust yourself because whatever. Um, but whether it's getting to figure out like why you don't trust yourself and working on that or understanding ways you can trust yourself and leaning into that. And I see that as a big um, when we trust ourselves, we show up completely different in this world. Like we see different opportunities. We see different solutions. We see different people as like viable options for help, for love, for friendship, for work, whatever. Um, but I see that for sure, just that empowerment piece. And on the other side of that self-trust. Have you been seeing an uptick in these themes? I'm curious, Gina, like in your yeah. practice. Okay. That's so totally. interesting to me because Pluto's now in the last degrees of Capricorn. And it's kind of like the last hall of like to find out what you're made out of, um, especially since 2008, uh, when Pluto kind of crashed the housing market back then when he moved into Capricorn. Um, this is the last degrees now and trust 
is one of the words for Capricorn that Capricorn struggles with the most Ah. is, you know, trusting other people, trusting the universe, trusting themselves. So I am blown away that trust and, you know, again, maybe finding out what you're made out of um, is a theme for the collective as Pluto trucks through the last degrees of Capricorn. Fuck and he's yeah. going to yeah, yeah. switch in and he's going to go into Aquarius, I believe in March, 2023. And then he'll retrograde back to Capricorn for a little bit. But Aquarius, you're up next. Um, and everybody, this everyone's going to feel this Pluto transit and Saturn changing signs too next year. What you, what you said there, find out what you're made of. Mm-hmm. Um, because what I also notice with my clients is when they find out what they're made of, self-trust is a fucking snap. It's like, yep. oh, you know, and that's like a big, like every day now you're more and more aware of this light that you are and the power you hold because of it is something that I say to every single client, because I think that that is a big part of it is like finding out what you're made of, then you know how and when you can trust yourself and like how to do that more. And what a way to feel empowered, like so huge. Yeah, it's all related. I see and it Capricorn all the time. Capricorn is a sign of authority. So I guess the last thing I want to say is become your own authority. It is safe to do that. Um, you know, and as soon as we're kids and born, we give our authority, we give our power away to other people. And we're all kind of reining that back in right now, like become your own authority. And then again, like Gina, you said, just trust, snap your fingers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. That is my, any comments or questions on the astrology cycles? I could talk about the changing of the ages that we're also currently going in or going through. This is every 2,160 years on average. We're moving now from the age of Pisces into the age of Aquarius. So lots going on. <laughs> crazy yeah. Well, that's actually on my list <laughs> for like early 2023 is to talk about that. Just like the shifts, the age of Aquarius. Oh, I have so much to say. Again, I've had a front row seat to it. It's not on CNN yet, but just, oh man, if I could just tell <laughs> stories and stories of what I've heard on my couch, the people that I've connected to around the world, there is something happening on the planet. There is something and it's hard to put it into words, but I am seeing this paradigm shift, this changing of the ages. And honestly, it is an exciting time to be alive. (laughs) It's been a terrifying time to be alive, but it's also exciting. We were all, we all chose to be on the planet for this change and I'm excited for it. Yeah. Yeah. This idea of like looking forward in astrology and like, we see these things where it's like, you know, even if it is quote bad or scary or like big change or whatever, it's all like we can transmute it and shift this energy. And I'm just wondering, like in these times where it's like going to be really difficult astrology or going to be really like life enhancing astrology, like if you're feeling the opposite during that time, like, what do you say to clients? Like, if you're like, oh, it's a you know, this should be such a beautiful time for you. And if they're like, I'm not feeling it or, oh, this should feel really difficult. Not that you tee up your, (laughs) your commentary like that, but how do you like, what are your thoughts on that? Like showing up in that space, of course, without expectation, but like as humans, we have that. How do you navigate that? That is a great question and deserves maybe an episode on its own. So let me understand what you're saying. It's like, when I'm feeling great, and maybe a client is struggling with some quote unquote bad energy or feeling it. I, is that what you mean? Like, cause well, I actually okay. trigger clients before inadvertently based on like my, you know, positive attitude sparkles. And I, you know, I've triggered them because they weren't feeling those sparkles. Is that what you mean? Kyle? Or like, do you mean okay. forecasting? Like, okay. Forecasting. So 
I mean the forecasting, but I'm so curious about that experience. (laughs) Okay. So I'm like making a mental note because I do want to dig further into this. And I guess I'll share like just a personal story, but I think it's pretty easy to extrapolate out. Like, so on my birthday, which was October 22nd, and my son, I believe is at the 29th degree. And there was like a Venus Kazemi and all of that. And it sounded really beautiful. And I, I've never felt so terrible on a birthday. I am someone Mm. who loves to celebrate my birthday. I love that. But this year I was literally like, can we just, that is okay. So like, how does that happen? What is that? No, you're right. So on your birthday, Gina, the sun and Venus were conjunct. Venus is the goddess of love and beauty and harmony and sparkles and unicorn. So an astrologer would be like, oh, your birthday is going to be awesome. <laughs> right. And I've actually said that to someone on a Venus and I've learned my lesson as an astrologer. Like, I don't know if days are going to be good or bad. I don't really know. I know the symbols, um, but it, I mean, it's all subjective. So I've actually had clients and said, you told me that it was going to be a Venus day. That day fucking sucked. <laughs> I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, thank you for being honest. Thank you. Let me like look back at this. And that's so interesting because the astrology of your birthday Gina, I would say is positive except for old man, Saturn. Um, he (laughs) Saturn, um, I will say Saturn, Gina trumped your chart that day. So Venus and the sun are inner planets. Um, Saturn was stationary on your birthday. Um, on a, on the IC of your chart, this is the very bottom of your chart. It's one of the hot spots. And he was about to go forward. So he was actually stuck in the sky. You felt Saturn that day. And I would have picked up on this in a forecast if we were looking at that day in general. But I mean, you had a Venus day, but Saturn sunk you. He was like the anchor of your ship that day. Um, So yeah, it was Saturn station, um, which kind of put a damper on the day. And I'm sorry to hear that, but again, uh, purpose and every experience. And that that was a heavier day. Mm -hmm. Totally. And I can see just like, um, just the thought processes and just everything that was going on inside of me and around me leading up to it, I can see like, oh, these are beautiful things for me to, to discover about myself if I want more relationships in my life. Right. Like it was really just like, I felt like all these things were coming up that were like, yeah, I guess I am an asshole in that respect. Yeah. I guess I do suck there, which is like, poor me, but also like, we need to understand that if we want to create new kinds of relationships, like I'm obviously going to be half of that relationship. So I can see how like, this is fertile ground for like something beautiful to bloom. But like that day, I was just like, that day should never happen again on your life in your life. Um, Saturn (laughs) ended the retrograde on October 23rd of 2022. So it was a stationary day, which happens one day a year. Um, and it will not happen to that degree. I believe the rest of your life. <laughs> so yeah, that was a Saturn day. Um, bringing up all kinds of garbage. Uh, so in your subconscious. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And just ast- astrology and, and like that is always just really validating. Yeah. I would say it's a day you could have got sunk into your limitations or things. Yeah. Like, yeah. Saturn was. But best. if you would have, yeah. if someone would have said that to you, Gina, do you think that would have been helpful if you'd have been like, Hey, you know what? Your birthday is going to be a big shit storm. Like, just so you know, like, do you think that that helpful to you? Well, helpful in the sense of, I could feel it. Um, I could feel that coming. And Mm -hmm. I just, I remember being like, 
I guess to be honest, like super vulnerable, like on the Mm -hmm. inside, I was like, why do I automatically feel like this beautiful day is not for me? And it was like, uh, I didn't know if like I was feeling something else or am I just like a pity party, negative thinking, you know what I mean? And so because I was feeling it and that's definitely a big part of my journey right now is how are you feeling? What do you need? Like, trust it, believe it. Uh, that it was just like, you know what, I'm just going to go with it. Like, I know in hindsight, this will make sense. Like I've had Mm -hmm. enough experiences like that where I could like talk myself through it, but yeah, it would have been helpful to be like, and might not feel as great because of X. Like I wouldn't Mm -hmm. have felt like, is this my negative thinking or poor me? Second guess yourself. Yeah. 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 Yep. That makes sense. Yeah. I'll use language like that. I'm like, oh, you got Venus. And I'll say like, oh, you got Saturn coming to just know it might be a heavier day. Things might be slow, you know, spend extra time yeah. resting. I'll, I'll say kind of neutral keywords like that, but I, I never want to predict a shit storm. I will never, ever say like that day's going to suck. Cause then people get apprehensive and nervous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I get that as an astrologer and in your work too, both of you, like you've got to watch your words and, you know, mm-hmm. very careful with language completely. And I would, that's probably one of the reasons why I just gravitate toward the two of you where it's like at the heart of it is this like empowerment piece and like, okay, how are you going to use this energy? Not that the energy is good or bad or whatever. Right. Yeah. Our friend, um, another astrologer friend, Meredith and I went to a, a book signing with Desiree, um, Roby Antilla, who is a local astrologer. And she says, astrology does not predict a storm it it just tells you when to bring an umbrella and i think that's like very much the truth of how we can work with this like we can see it like you can see what's coming but you don't you can't plan that that it like it's going to happen exactly as you see it you just have to ha- be prepared that's it there it is that is our episode for today i'm so thankful to meredith and ashley for sharing their time and their wisdom with us make sure to check out the show notes and say hi to them check out their websites their services and support them it always makes me so happy when i hear from clients or podcast listeners who have also had sessions with meredith or ashley it just really makes my heart sing to hear you all trusting these people like i do So thank you so much for being here. And as always, take anything that makes your load lighter and just leave the rest 